Welcome to the Seekers Quest, everyone. Thank you for coming this morning. It's good to see you all. Uh, I'm here live with Chaitanya Charan Prabhu. Chaitanya Charan Prabhu is a monk in India and uh, someone who I respect very much so, more and more as I work with him. And um, also, a, I call, we call him the spiritual scientist because um, he, his approach to spirituality is so scientific um, and so, so intellectual, but at the same time accessible in his explanations and um, teachings. So it's, we are so lucky to have him here teaching, teaching us these things and uh, learning from him. So thank you, CC. We call him CC for short. And uh, usually we have Vedasar here, though we couldn't get a hold of Vedasar this morning. Sometimes things come up for Vedasar because he's a very, very busy person. But um, hopefully he'll he'll jump in here at some point, and um, we can hear from him too. But um, this morning's topic, we're going to talk about religion versus spirituality, uh, which, which as I was thinking about this one. Um, I thought about one of my favorite quotes uh, on this topic, I guess, one that I heard a long time ago that I really resonated with. Um, it was, it was religion is for people who are afraid of going to hell. Spirituality is for people who have been there. And I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I resonated with this because it was very reflective of my own experience in that growing up, I dabbled in religion. My family was not religious, but when I was a kid, I was attracted to it. And sometimes my, my, we took my mom into taking me to church. Sometimes she dropped me off at church. I got really involved in different churches, memorizing different scriptures. When I was a teenager, the same thing, but even more, I could drag myself. I would go so I would go a few times a week to different to churches and and I really developed a relationship with Jesus. Uh, but there were things in the church that were hard for me to really identify with. And I never felt like I completely belonged for for various reasons. And um, and for that reason, I felt like my growth spiritually was was a little bit stalted. Is that the right word, JCC? Stalted? Stunted. <laughs> wasn't as, stunted. Stunted. <laughs> Thank you. It wasn't as uh, fast as it could have been, or I just, it wasn't wholehearted. That's better for me. It wasn't wholehearted. And I'm a person who, like, I cannot be told what to do. I cannot, if, if you tell me, like, like my mom growing up, gosh, my poor mom, you know, she, on a Saturday night, she'd be like, be home by this time. And I would never lie to her, but I would tell her, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> not I'm not going to do that and if I if I didn't believe in it if I don't believe in it I can't do it it's just like the way that I'm wired so spirituality for me is is more about self-inquiry more about trying things out and seeing what worked and I got really into that in my 20s and that's when I found the yogic path and tried out all different things and just saw how it resonated within me and that's how I ended up on this path that's how I ended up meeting CC. Um, and that's what I found in this path was it was, it met me where I was at. 
it wasn't like you need to do this, this, and this, and this to fit in, to conform, to, to be in this organization. It, it, it met me where I was at. So I tried on a couple of the practices. I found that they were beneficial. I thought, oh, okay, this, this is actually really uplifting my life. So I'll try a couple more of them. And then I met people that really inspired me that, that really practice these practices. <laughs> and uh, I still stayed where I was at, still was, am where I am. And everybody, and that's okay. And I felt so much love and acceptance in that, that um, I continue to pursue and that, that's where I am now. <laughs> so that's my experience in religion versus spirituality and, uh, and that, that quote. But um, what do you think of that quote, Cece? Mm-hmm. Thank you for that introduction. Yes. Um, religion versus spirituality is a very important topic for discussion. And there are multiple ways in which this particular topic could be discussed. So one, I will start by one theme of how terms and their meanings change with time. Essentially, the word religion has, I just just slightly philosophical thing, there is a concept and to handle the concept, if you consider the concept to be like a suitcase, then to hold the suitcase, you need a handle. So the handle is the term. Concepts are more internal, they are mental, and terms are verbal. So what are we referring to or what are we not referring to? Sometimes, if you are, say, at the baggage claim, there might be a dozen suitcases which have very similar handles. Like the handles can look exactly the same. So if somebody is trying to identify a suitcase solely by its handle, they might hear all these suitcases are mine. But basically, handle, you could say same handle, many suitcases. And sometimes you may have one suitcase with many handles. Hmm? Okay, wait, so... This, this suitcase, can you go up to the picture again? CC draws um, really nice diagrams throughout this lecture and we share a screen and so he can, so everybody can see them. But what he just drew was a suitcase and the suitcase is labeled concept, a mental concept. And then he drew a handle on the suitcase and that's a term. So, so you're saying that all religions are composed of concepts like I'm not talking concept. about this has got nothing to do with religion. This is just a universal point. Oh, a that, universal point. Okay. And then I'll say how it applies to religion. My point is that we use words, but what do those words mean? Okay. We need to be clear about those words. Great. So words okay, thank are you. terms. So religion is a word. Spirituality mm. is a word. But so we could say in this in this particular discussion, if somebody says I'm I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. So religion is like one handle over here. Hmm? Okay. Understood. So first you're making sure that we all have a unified understanding 
of when we say religion and when we say spirituality, what they each mean. Yeah, so both of them in one sense are terms. So they're handles, they're verbal handles, you could say. Right, okay, great. Verbal handles to some concept. Hmm? So Yeah, that makes sense. Now, the thing I think is that sometimes you can have one suitcase, which can have multiple handles also. One handle for pulling, one handle for lifting, one handle for putting on the back. You could call it a strap, but it's ultimately a handle. Some way or the other. So, so now the term religion over time has acquired a negative connotation. That's why when most people, if you ask, are you religious? Well, they are a little uncomfortable using that word. Hmm? So that was not always the case. So for example, Einstein, was considered probably the greatest scientific mind of the last century. There are many quotes of his where he quite liberally uses the word religion. Hmm? So I assert that the cosmic religious experience is the strongest and noblest driving force behind scientific research. So here what he's essentially saying is, and let's share this in the chat also, that the quote, I assert that the cosmic religious experience, the strongest and noblest driving force behind scientific research. So here he's using the word religion and he's using it in a very positive sense. Cosmic religious experience. There are a few other, several other quotes also where he uses the word religion. So, so religion at that time is saying that it's not a bad word, but over a period of time, religion started being associated with, the term started being associated with certain things. So one key aspect of it is narrow-mindedness. It's narrow-mindedness. There could be dogmas. You have to believe this. Like rather you mentioned that you have to do this. Dogmas. There are rituals. You have to do this. Hmm? Then this further led to association with sectarianism. If you belong, if this is my religion, then you don't belong to my religion. And therefore, you'll be vilified, demonized. Then it also bred extremism, fanaticism. So because of all these connotations, uh, the word religion started having more and more of a negative meaning. Yeah, you know, I was actually just reading this morning an article in in psychology today that was talking about how religion can be bad for your mental health because people start feeling like they don't fit in, like they don't have a place to, that they're accepted and loved. It actually does the opposite of what it's really intended to do at its core, right? Which this, so I, I think it resonates with some of those things. Yeah, exactly. I think what, yeah. It's, uh, so spirituality on the other hand, this is associated with open-mindedness. Somebody spiritual, I want to know what is out there. What, what I want to have, it's more seen as experiential. Okay. I went to this particular place. I felt so calm. I felt so connected. I felt so composed. It was, it was spiritual for me. Hmm? And 
then spirituality is also associated with values so it say with being compassionate with compassion with non judgmentality there could be various values spirituality is also associated with meaning and purpose of life i want to be more centered i want to be more connected i want to be more have that have that feeling that i belong to something bigger than myself to have a sense of cosmic alignment if we use that word that my existence counts now many of these features are what are often provided by religion also so but the way things have evolved in today's world and people say there's a whole group of people who are in, increasing in number they are called sbnr i'm spiritual but not religious so these people they they are open to meditation they may be open to going to close to nature maybe trying out some practices which will, which they feel will help them to raise their consciousness something like that now with this quick introduction to what these terms mean in today's world now we can differentiate try to go ahead and differentiate between spiritual and religious from a perspective of the eastern yoga text especially the bhagavad gita hmm. we have comments at this point i appreciate this because i feel like this sbnr acronym spiritual but not religious when people ask me oh what, what do you follow i i hesitate because i don't want to explain it as a religion but i also don't necessarily want to explain it as spirituality because sometimes spirituality can be associated with like kind of fluff like oh you're just kind of a hippie out there trying to, it's not like you're really developing something substantial it's to me i guess sometimes i feel like if if i present oh i'm spiritual at, with with a bunch of people that are that follow a religion it's like oh, okay that's that's fluff So um I don't know I, I just was thinking of that when you wrote this spiritual but not religious I I was thinking I should think of a way to answer this that can hit both of them I'm not religious in that I'm not rigid and I'm not all of these negative things but I'm also I'm also serious about my path and my practice so yeah. I'm looking forward to to hearing more yeah that's that's what we'll, we'll go toward now so one way i envision you mentioned that mm, my approach to spirituality is somewhat rational and scientific so one way i like to envision this is spirituality is in some ways like science in science there is some theory and there is some experiment so now the theory provides us certain claims about the nature of reality an experiment is meant to provide us some means by which to verify the theory so similarly just as you could have theory and experiment in science you could say in spirituality we have philosophy and then we have religion now i will expand on the ambit of what religion means but let's keep this contrast but 
because so philosophy is like the theory aspect of science and religion now here i'm using the word religion as slightly some he's religious about his daily workout when mm-hmm. we suppose use that word what that means is religious can also mean diligent beautiful consistent hmm is religious about uh, reading books every day is religious about is meditation meditation what is religious means diligent so stop that sense sometimes the word religious has a positive connotation he does something religiously an athlete maybe maybe ideological atheist but that athlete may be diligent religious about their daily workout like that so yeah religious- so this is yeah this is really interesting what you did here is you said there's two aspects of science the theory and the experiment and the experimental which i i also have an engineering degree i could totally relate to that like yes okay and then you said spiritual synonymous to that spirituality also has two aspects the, the philosophy and then what you called the religious the religion the practice the philosophy being being synonymous to the theory part of science and the religion the practice being synonymous to the experiment part of science this is beautiful <laughs> i love this yeah. okay so thank you so now here is some caveat that uh, just as the theory aspect provides some intellectual framework for understanding what is out there so generally science deals with physical reality hmm? so when newton saw the apple falling he asked what made the apple fall hmm? now spirituality deals with more of what you can say metaphysical reality actually spirituality deals not just with metaphysical reality but primarily with metaphysical reality so in that sense because it deals with things which are not so easily visible or perceivable um, with our senses so the methods for verifying them are different so an experiment in science can be literally easily understood okay this is the theory and this is what we will do to prove or disprove it that's the experiment but with respect to philosophy things could be uh, philosophy can turn out to be a little abstract but the principle is similar so for example philosophy may tell us that there is more to us than our physical side than our body than our physicality now so we are not just physical creatures there's something more and that the bhagavad gita may say that that is we are soul atma so now religion or practice religion can mean many other things apart from practice the way it is understood today but religion what it is meant to do is give us literally speaking methods to experience higher reality if there is something more to me than the body than my physical side and how do i experience that so there is some there is some aspect of me which is connected with my body that's why if i feel hungry i'm i'm in distress if i'm exhausted i need sleep without that i'm in distress so when i take care of my body i do feel better so that my body definitely has something to do with me 
but then if we take care of our spiritual side that also is an experience so for example if somebody does meditation so now at one level from a purely physical perspective you could say yoga as exercises can benefit the body uh, moving our body or putting our body in particular postures but meditation itself well it doesn't really do much for the body and most people do, do don't do meditation for improving their physical side they may do yoga for the physical side so meditation is sitting and maybe sitting in one fixed posture and then concentrating on something deeper trying to connect with something deeper in our tradition we do mantra meditation so when people meditate they do feel better they do feel calmer and it's not just a matter of there is feeling better there is also functioning better it is after people meditate then they their mind has become calm their inner world feels more aligned then they can respond to impulses more positively without without giving into them they they are they're less short tempered and there are many studies which do indicate this is benefits of meditation so similarly now meditation could be seen as more of a spiritual activity but similar effects have been also found of prayer that when people pray and they go to some holy place they go to some holy place like a temple or a church or a mosque just going into that atmosphere makes some people feel better so now whether it makes everyone feel better or not let's not get into that at this stage but the point is that these practices they are meant to bring us in contact with something higher something which activates our spirituality and in that way religion is meant to give us experience of higher reality so we could say science centers on experiment modern science is experimental whereas spirituality is experiential oh wow it is about experiences and while somebody can have some spontaneous experiences oh i went to this place and i felt so good over there okay that's great that you had that experience but could those experiences be acquired in a regular and regulated way in a repeated way can i that, that that very nice calm connected composed feeling that i had can i get that regularly is there some practice by which i can get that regularly so that question is answered through religious practices and religious ceremonies that's what they are originally meant to do yeah wow this is really interesting i think thank you for this when when i got really into science when i was younger i loved the scientific method and it gave me so much like almost like a sense of control like okay this is these things that are happening they can be proven i know them there it's this is true or this isn't true i have data it it was like i really loved that kind of it wasn't like you're just saying things and it it was it was a there's a process that you go through to prove if something is true or not and i really appreciated that and 
I, I think I had this similar experience with spirituality when I was able to actually practice it on my own terms in that it wasn't like, oh, here's all these things, do it or don't do it. And you're good if you do and you're bad if you don't. And you're accepted if you do and you're not accepted if you don't. It was like, try this on, see if you feel a difference. And, and, then, and then maybe decide to go forward or not. So it was kind of like practicing that same, that same kind of scientific method. Like, okay, this is the hypothesis. This is what will likely happen. This is what we think will happen, but try it on, get a data point, see what happens, go back, try it again, try something else, see what happens. So it, it was very scientific in that it was not dogmatic at all. And so I, I, can, I can relate the experiences in that way, right? Science approach, scientific approach to spirituality. It's so, so important. I, I do feel though, like one thing, for me, because I was coming into it and I had a lot of uh, like skeletons in the closet, so to speak, like I had past conditioning, like I had problems trusting people because I hadn't always had people in my life that I could trust. So therefore I had problems. I struggled trusting God because I was, because that's that was my experience in a relationship. So I wasn't super attracted to having a relationship with God because my experience in relationships was not one that I felt always loved and free and able to be me so so then it's like also learning the tools and the skills to start to work through some of your past conditioning so that those your past conditioning doesn't get in the way of experiencing something higher and for that for that I think it's so important to have people in your life like you CC that have walked the path, been walking the path for a long time before you, that you can you can learn from and also see where they are when they've been walking up this staircase for for you know decades. See where they are. See how peaceful, how content, how they treat people, how they treat you. I mean that how they treat you in itself. It's you can learn so much from that, and that can give you more faith to walk up the staircase and, and raise your own spiritual ceiling, your own relationship, your own understanding, your own connection. So <laughs> I forgot yeah. where I started on that, but. Yeah, thank you for bringing that point up. See, this is where I would say a key difference between spirituality and religion that comes in is that often on the religious path, most of what we meet are priests. Now, priests are not necessarily bad, but priests are mostly associated with rituals. Okay, you, you go to a church, there's mass, and they leave the mass. Okay. When I grew up also, it was largely a religious family that I grew up in. So when we had the name giving ceremony, whenever we there would be some wedding in our family, some cousin, some uncle, aunt, and then we would invite priests. When we would get a new house, we would invite the, them for a housewarming ceremony, and they would do some ceremonies. So the idea is that 
priests they did play a role in life but that role was very different from they were not teachers they were not guides they were not mentors they were not even philosophers so i never thought of asking them question okay why do you do all these things now they could be that but at least the teachers that i met were none of those things the the, the priest whom i met were none of those things so then now i earlier used the word science science has this two part theory and experiment uh, but uh, you could use it in slightly different way we'll come to the same point again we could say there is science and then there is technology hmm? so science and technology now there are not many people who actually know the science behind things right now we are using the internet we are using telecommunications technology i also did uh, like your i also as an engineer i started telecommunications so now that is more than a two, two decades ago but the number of people who actually know how telecommunications works that is barely i put it this way but if you say this is this would be if this is 100 this would be just 1% or less 1% of 100 does you know the science behind it and as long as the technology is working that's great we don't even need the scientist but if the technology doesn't work if my phone stops working if my internet stops working then we need people who know the stuff to get it to work again so similarly we could say there is philosophy and then there is religion where religion involves against certain ceremonies certain rituals so oh when we do when you do the ceremonies we feel good maybe people from our parent generation when you go to a church when you go to a temple you feel good about it feel that you should go regularly you should seek the blessings of god now men say younger people who are grown up in a different generation they more more be more uh, multicultural or more skeptical environment they say okay you know i don't really feel all that good now uh, what is the need for this i don't feel all that good over here so why should i be a part of this at all so at that time when the questions come then the those who know the philosophy those who know the wisdom those who know the purpose of the practices that is the time they can help and if they are not there if they're not available if they're not competent then the religion start misfiring that means if if you consider a pendulum now by now you know i always love pendulums so if there is only religion without philosophy then that can at best be sentimentality or it can also become fanaticism why do you do this or oh, because it makes me feel good i don't want to do this how can you stop doing this 
you will be destroyed by god you will come there are some extremists who say if you don't do this you don't believe this you don't need practice this you are going to go to hell and the others who will say not only are you going to go to hell we will help you get there faster so religion without philosophy there is no rational part to it there is no intellectual explanation for what is happening and much of what goes on in the name of religion falls in in this spectrum and this is what puts off thoughtful people you do something you use the word blind rituals blind following and this is often quite alienating because nobody wants to do something which don't make sense however there is the other danger also there is philosophy without religion and when this happens it just leads to speculation oh maybe it's like this maybe it's like that and at worst it leads to total cynicism or even nihilism where if there is okay i may think it's like this it's like that but unless there are some practices by which i can verify i can at least experience myself i can confirm then there is nothing to ground me in so when there is only philosophy it's all in the head and if we see the broad western history more or less from the time of the can, can we can we pause and and talk about these for a second okay. the first thing you did you compare you said science and technology you said in that technology I I don't know that I fully understand the the analogy here between science and technology and philosophy and religion. Okay, so technology is what works for people. Most people don't know what science is. What is I said okay. what is telecommunications? Oh, so okay. Most people I said that okay, if our parent maybe from our parent generation they were a little more religious. They go to the temple, they go to church, it feels good. Right. Why? so it's like the external packaging of of what what's actually being presented it's external packaging it's uh, it's the applicational aspect so religion okay. is is where people experience as oh this feels good but if it's right. not feeling good then why is it not feeling good if it is right. not working the way it is meant to work then we need to step back towards the rational aspect to understand okay so what religion here is defined as is like the practices that that we do in whatever faith that we followed as you talked about earlier okay yeah. that helps so then when you go down to your next to the pendulum when you're talking about religion without philosophy so this is like you go to a church or anywhere really that practices religion and you see them doing rituals and you don't really understand why they're doing the rituals but you keep going every sunday or every whatever it is and you and you're you're really committed to it and you really are like this is what i do this is what everybody should do this is what's right but then if if somebody asks you a question like oh what, why is he doing this or what does this mean you you don't really know is is that kind of what this left side of the pendulum yeah is representing exactly. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so, so then you go so over that. That happens. 
yeah then it becomes okay then why are you doing it okay this is you are just a sentimental person you do what makes you feel good and i'll do something which makes me feel good uh um, make, make me feel good then why should i do it right but so then, it kind of dilutes even it dilutes even what religion is or what religion is understood to be it's just kind of like oh okay it, and it also turns people off because because what people feel in this word fanaticism is not accepted like what people feel in fanaticism is i'm this isn't a place that i can be and be be loved so it's like there's could put it sentimentality and fanaticism as here that uh this feels good so i do it hmm? but fanaticism could be it's if you don't do this you are bad so right this is, this is more of from my own insecurity you know if this is what makes me good this is what makes me feel good this is the right thing to do and if somebody is not doing this then that makes that person that makes me feel insecure about my faith insecure about my practices and therefore that is quite alienating for many people right so, so this yeah that's where you said yeah if a person comes in and is kind of interested and they experience sentimentality this feels good so i do it which is like this i'm going to do this ritual because it feels good but i don't really understand why i'm doing it they follow and that's what they end up being or they experience this fanaticism that's like this is the way that we do things and if you don't it's not okay and then they feel like they don't fit in because they don't really they can't harmon- harmonize with it internally what's happening externally they're not they're not feeling connected to it internally and therefore they can't completely buy in i think that was my experience with religion when i was a kid it was like there were parts that really resonated i guess maybe both the sentimentality there was parts that really resonated i liked memorizing scripture i liked reading but then there was parts that the fanaticism my experience with some of the people in it it was like yeah but you don't even know why you're doing that so why are you forcing that on me that's just stupid <laughs> So that's interesting. Okay, maybe yeah. then we can we can go over to the other one then. Philosophy without religion. Yeah, good that you made me pause over here. See, much of the angst where people want to say that I'm spiritual but not religious, it all arises from this. So SPNR is largely a reaction to this. Hmm? Okay. Uh, that I when you say this to... you mean this feeling of being alienated because yeah, they don't necessarily fit in their experience this is where there is only sentimentality there is only fanaticism there is only judgmentality i don't want to be a part of all this like earlier i said that when religion is pursued as narrow minded it is pursued as dogmatic it is pursued as experiment extremist irrational right. so all that came from here now mm, there's one i can go into the other side but i'll keep it brief because i want to come to the final part about spiritual but not religious okay sure point. so now 
philosophy without religion means it's all in the head. Okay, I have this theory about how things are. I have this theory about how things are. And the person is not practicing anything. Therefore, there is no way of knowing what the nature of reality is. And much of Western philosophy actually fell in this category. There have been many brilliant philosophers in the West. They, they, but in, in the West, there was a significant, you could say almost a divorce. If you look at the history of the West, intellectual history, there was the Reformation, where the Catholics and the Protestants, uh, they split. Then, before that was the Renaissance, I'll not go into that, but then there was the scientific revolution. That is when the age of science began. Newton discovered the principles of gravity and then all that. So from this, so from this point onwards, basically up the post-scientific revolution, religion and philosophy went on two different paths. Hmm. So the idea was that if you are rational, then many of the beliefs of religion, they are not really rational. They can't be rationally proven. That became the mainstream idea. Whether that is true or not is open to question. But religion and philosophy started going in two different directions. So religion started being seen as more just, uh, more just uh, something which you do because that's what your faith tells you to do. And philosophy is something which you explore in the head. Now, in the, this, is the, this is Western history. Okay, so that's like having a scientific theory and never doing any experiments to, to prove whether it's, it's true or not. Yes, exactly. And that's why and, some of the philosophers, they're brilliant philosophers. If, if you see Frederick Nisha, Alberto Camus, these are all brilliant philosophers, but eventually they, they ended up very disturbed. They ended mentally depressed. Some of them were suicidal many times throughout their life. I think Alberto Camus said that uh, there has not been a day when I passed by uh, something like a fifth-story uh, fifth window of a house without feeling the temptation to jump out of it. Yeah. So, so it's, it's uh, because, you no, know, okay, it may be like this, it may be like this, or maybe there's nothing around there. Maybe everything is meaningless. How do we know about it all? So Right. So the, they, the things that they need to do to figure out if it's true or not, the scientific experiment, so to speak, is some practices like meditation or chanting or other things that we do or anybody any practices do to just to see if they feel uplifted or not in that or they feel a closer connection to the divine or not in that and there was an absence of that in with these philosophers is what you're saying so now in the eastern tradition also this separation happened but it was not never that rigid in the eastern world and for example, yoga, it has its philosophy and it has its practice. So, of course, like technology, the yoga practice is much more widespread. But the yoga philosophy is not that much known. Many people do yoga because it makes them feel good. But okay, what is what is the what is the thought behind all this? What is the worldview behind all this? That is not known. So, yoga practice, you could say, is much more widespread. Yoga philosophy is much more lesser known. But there was never a rigid divorce between philosophy and practice in the East. 
so now when we talk about spiritual but not putting this all together in terms of spiritual but not religious so <clears throat> basically if we consider religious to be like practices and spirituality to be like the experiences that come from those practices so we could say religion it comprises of practices if we use this terminology and spirituality to be like experiences mm -hmm. then we could say that it is our religion that makes us spiritual from this perspective so from this perspective you can say that it is you cannot be spiritual but not religious because if you want to be spiritual you want certain experiences that that connect you with connect that we want certain experiences that connect us with the higher reality then we need to have some practices that we do that and those practices in essence are our religion now we may not call it religion we may not want to call it our religion that's okay so somebody yeah, so let's just repeat this slower you cannot be spiritual without being religious no, no, I, i'll give you one perspective i'll i'll let me complete that so okay. but if somebody uses the word religion i i started this i'm doing a cycle over here uh, and the, the term can mean many things huh? handle you could say it's a handle with one meaning handle one and handle two if religion means ritual somebody says okay you know i don't want to do this ritual or i don't want to do that ritual can i be spiritual without doing this ritual i i can't accept that dog that dogma so if religion refuses to rituals and dogmas especially associated with blind rituals or irrational dogmas then can one be spiritual and have a experiences without following certain without becoming ritualistic and dogmatic well certainly it's possible so so here religion is the pathway to spirituality but this is not necessarily you don't have to have rituals and dogmas which make a person narrow minded which make a person irrational in order to be spiritual so in that sense when people if their understanding when they say i want to be spiritual but not religious okay that means you want to have higher experiences but you don't want to be narrow minded you don't want to be dogmatic you don't want to be irrational that's perfectly fine it's not that one has to be all those things to be spiritual so it depends a lot on what what is the meaning that a person has in mind when they use the word religion that's why i also use the word somebody is religious about their workout religious means they are diligently doing it so if somebody has a particular set of practices and they are doing those practices regularly by which they are opening their consciousness to experience spirituality then that is great if somebody in the name of being i'm spiritual but not religious in saying that they never do any practice at all then their spirituality will all be in the head so i'll just summarize this in terms of one last diagram so you could say this is spiritual this is religious now here i am using the word religious in terms of having some practices so if somebody is neither spiritual not religious not religious and that is they are simply being materialistic so 
if that they're just living a mundane life. If somebody is religious but not spiritual, then they are ritualistic. Hmm? Just going through rituals, but okay, why do I do this? Does it actually change me into a better person? Does it make me feel good? Oh, I just go there because that's what I that's what I've been told to do. That's religious, but not spiritual. Now, if somebody is simply spiritual, but not being re- religious, then that is where they will end up this speculative, tentative. Hmm? Okay, one day I do this, it makes me feel good. Next day I do another thing, it makes me feel good. Next day I do something else, it doesn't make me feel good. And the next day nothing makes me feel good and I just quit the whole thing. So the ideal situation is to be spiritual and religious. Not in the sense that one has to be dogmatic, but it is spiritual and religious that is transformative. Okay, I am open to higher experiences and these are the practices that have helped me in the past experience something higher. And I would like to experience something higher now. So I want to, I will, I will dedicate myself to these practices and I'll open my consciousness to let me experience something higher myself. So, we could be spiritual but not religious in the sense of being non-dogmatic, non-ritualistic. And we could be spiritual and religious in terms of adopting certain external practices that aid us in our inner transformation of consciousness. So yeah. this was the summary. This is a this one one diagram which more or less summarizes what we're trying to say. But yeah, you can you can comment on something and we can finish after that. Yeah, I'm just trying to place the context of my life into this quad, into this, um, to these four quadrants. So like materialistic, the the bottom left quadrant, you're not spiritual, you're not religious. That's, you could be like atheist. You could, you're just really not really doing anything to connect to a higher being. That's what your life would look like. When you say materialistic, you're you're just, you have a job, you take care of your family, you just, or whatever you're doing. It's not, it's not connected to, you're not really putting any thought into a higher being or something bigger than yourself um, in your, in your life. Yes. Okay. And then when you have ritualistic here, the bottom right quadrant, which you're saying is not, is not religious. And you define religious as following certain practices Oh no, it's not spiritual, but it is religious. Okay, that that makes sense. It's not spiritual, but it but it's religious. So it's religious in the sense that they're performing practices, but it's not spiritual in the sense that they don't really understand the connection between the practices they're performing and and the higher and connection with source or connection with a with a higher being. So in that, it's ritualistic. And then up in the top, sorry, I'm kind of jumping all over this, though. When you say it's spiritual but not religious, that's like those Western philosophers you were talking about who would say, who would have these great hypotheses or these great uh, theories on a higher being, but they themselves never really jumped into the fire and experienced any of the practices to connect with, with them. They, they just kind of stood outside and speculated about the existence. And that's where you said, you know, they oftentimes were very unhappy people because they were so thoughtful and they were so inquisitive and they had all these theories, but they themselves never really experienced it. And so, 
so it, it some of them became were very unhappy. Yes, true. Uh, and and then, yeah, just one those will fall in that category. But all so generally, if one thinks very seriously about life, then one can start seeing beyond the glitz and the glamour. Oh, you know, buy this; it will make you happy, and do, uh, do that, and you'll enjoy life. Yeah, one starts seeing that something is really superficial. But then one starts looking: what is more? Is there something more, and there's nothing more? Then one can become where one's life can take a very dark turn, and that's what happened to them. Yeah, so, I actually. Also, yeah, go ahead. I, I had a mystic in Radhakun tell me one time that if if I didn't find this path, I would have killed myself. And I, I know this is kind of heavy, but I I kind of believe it <laughs> um, because I feel like when you start thinking deeply about what's going on around you you need more answers than what materialism provides. I mean, it's inevitable that the solutions, the material solutions to our material problems are just complete bogus <laughs> in a lot of ways. I mean, they, they fix, you need something deeper for, for true happiness. It's, it's not enough. They solve like part of the picture, but it's in my experience, it needed something more for, for true happiness than just what was provided to me through a material solution so um See, there's a difference between being comfortable it's not the same as being happy so material things they can actually make us comfort comfortable and there's no denying that discomfort is a distressful situation so, but the problem is when we think material things will also make me happy. That is where it's a questionable thing. It's wrong. So we need a spiritual connection. We need spiritual growth. We need spiritual thoughts and spiritual truths to align ourselves with for us to actually become happy. So comfort can be provided and that's why those solutions have their value. If somebody doesn't yes. have food, if somebody is uh, somebody is in the sweltering heat and they get some ventilation. That's, that's comfortable. That's good. There's no need to be in discomfort. You can move toward comfort, but comfort is not the same as happiness. Comfort does not make for a fulfilling life. That is the mistake. So that's, of course, yes. a different subject. But uh, No, that's exactly. You just, you just very well articulated my experience in a way that I would have not been able to. So this is, this is why I appreciate working with you so much is because you could do this. I have an experience. I, I call CC and like, this is my experience. And he can just dissect it in a way that's like, yes, that's exactly what it is. That, that makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so that, that brings the top part. I think, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So ahead. this is, we want to be really what this is saying, if you're religious and spiritual, and first we have to make sure to the point you made that we're defining religion that we all have the same understanding of what religion means, which is the practices that we do to connect with source. So if you're, pra if you have these practices in your life and you're understanding the link between these practices and connection to something bigger than yourself, the divine, then, then you start to experience transformation. And so now I, I, at the beginning of this, I was thinking I'm, I'm religious or I'm spiritual, but not religious. Now 
really it's I'm religious and I'm spiritual, but first let's get a let's get a mutual understanding of what this word religious means because what it's come to mean over time is something I'm not so interested in. Yes. So what it means today is not necessarily the meaning throughout history. So if we consider that there are some tangible practices and there has to be some tangible discipline or commitment in executing those practices, then yes, we do need to be religious. But what religion is associated with in today's world or what it has become, one doesn't have to necessarily adhere to that in order to be spiritual. So, now coming back to your starting quote, it is religion is for those who are afraid of going to hell. So I would say that this, this, this idea of religion, it is based on dogma, dogma of about hell and a wrathful God that if you don't go to church, you'll be punished, something like that. So that is religion which makes people say that this is, you have to do this. You don't want to go to hell, therefore you do this. But when you talk about spiritualities for people who have been to hell already, what it means and this in my understanding is that but there are people who have experienced the emptiness of a non-spiritual life. So now they, that emptiness of a non-spiritual life, that could range from many things. The emptiness could be in terms of just a deep dissatisfaction. There's nothing seriously wrong in my life, but still I feel something is seriously wrong with my life. I feel and everything that I'm supposed to do, i supposed to have, I have. I have youth, I have health, I have this, I have that. I have wealth, I have this. But still, there is some, there's some deep dissatisfaction in my life. That emptiness could be because of that. Or that emptiness could also be because of something far more severe. There could be devastation. That something in my life is just taken away and I've experienced not just the so you could say here it is more of the hollowness, the hollowness of life, the dissatisfaction, uh, this devastation is, it's, it's futility. And everything can be taken away in one moment. So for those who have experienced hell in that sense, they've gone down and now the only way is up. They want to know what more is there in life. This does not necessarily mm -hmm. mean that everybody has to suffer terribly to become spiritual. It's just that somehow or the other, we need to get the realization that there is more to life than what I have been, what I have been taught. And what is that more? I need to find it. And sometimes that more could mean not just more than the material pursuits that I am doing, seeking wealth and fame and power, but it could also mean more than the rituals that I have been following. Just dutifully go to a church and do this, this, give this donation, do this activity. No, it could mean much, much more than that. So that's how well, it's for I those like who have, who have, who have to go higher in life, who want to go higher in life, who feel that urge for that. Yeah. I feel like I understand this quote layers deep now in such in such a better way now than I did before. So thank you for this. Thank you. So I'll try to summarize what we discussed today. So we started by talking about religion as a term 
and we could say it's degeneration in meaning so it had a neutral meaning before but now it has a negative meaning so the negative meaning is associated with with uh, fanatical behavior extremist behavior with ritual ritual with ritualism with irrationality so as a term what it means and what it does not mean that's what we discussed then i went to discuss about how spirituality has these two aspects philosophy and religion so here religion could mean practice just as science has two aspects there is theory and religion so theory and experiment so originally religion was meant to be a set of practices which give people experiences of higher reality but over time they just became a set of practices because so i discussed how as scientific uh, the revolution happened and in the west there was a separation between philosophy and religion and that led to severe problems so the intellectual side was associated more with science and the ritual side was more associated more with religion but it doesn't have to be like that so i talked about if we just use the word religion in terms of practices then then we could say religion is the way to spirituality unless we have some practices we can't be spiritual but if we are saying religion in terms of rituals or dogmas then no we don't have to adhere to certain rituals or dogmas then religion is not a precondition to spirituality we can be spiritual without being religious also in the sense we don't have to be dogmatic and that brought us to the last point that the fourth point was this pendulum where if we consider religion to be practices then we could say being spiritual being religious so this is being materialistic atheistic then being religious but not spiritual that is being ritualistic being spiritual but not religious that can just be sentimental or speculative or tentative it is but it is having an openness to higher experiences and then having practices that deliver those higher experiences to us that can be very powerfully transformative and that is what the eastern wisdom tradition the bhaktiva tradition the bhagavad gita it offers us thank you so much wow. thank you i do want to say i got a text from theta he's sick today he he's been in bed all morning so prayers for veda that's why he didn't um call in but we'll see him next tuesday thursday hopefully we see you all next tuesday thursday and um thank you thank you cc that was so wonderful uh, thank you for your thoughtful questions and very you made the con- concepts you helped me to make the concepts clearer i realized that i assume a lot of things which are clear in my head but may not be clear in my speech So, no. thank you for helping me do that. <laughs> thank you. Does anybody want to share a reflection? Let's see, who have we not heard from? Susan or Deb? Haven't heard from one of you. Would one of you like to share a reflection today? I just want to say thank you. I, you know, it um, it, it just puts such a different spin. So now I am so moved and happy that I'm. spiritual and religious you know and my i want to move towards being more of both of those things you know it's not so my heart now is not like 
versus. I'm not like, you know, it's not, we're not against each other. We're not like fighting each other. We're, we're with each other, you know? So I'm just, I'm really, really moved. And I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, thank you. Okay. Feel the same. Okay. Well, thank you all. We'll see you Tuesday.